So today we're going to talk about joy. We're going to talk about joy and where does that joy reside and how do we get to that joy? And really what we're going to do, this is kind of, this is kind of a preview. In a couple of weeks, we're going to start going through the book of Philippians and we're going to finish out the summer just going through the book of Philippians and talking about joy. Henry Ford said this, whether you think you can or, what, or you think you can't, you're right. Whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you are right. There's a lot of power in your thought life. There's a lot of power in the way you think about yourself, the way you perceive your situation. There's a lot of power in that. The book of Philippians uses or refers to the mind 16 times in four chapters. 16 times. 10 times, 10 times it says the mind Five times it says to think, and one time it says to remember, all referencing your mind when it comes to joy. Not happiness, joy. There's a difference. We'll talk about the difference in a little bit. But the secret to joy is in the mind. The secret to your joy is in your mind. Isaiah chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. Isaiah says this, With joy you will draw from the water from the wells of salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Joy is found in deep places. Joy runs deep. Joy runs extremely deep. If you have a tree, and the tree's enormous, it's huge, right? What do they say about really large trees? The taproot is every bit as big as the trunk, and it goes as deep as the tree is high. It spreads out as wide as the branches do above the ground. You essentially have a whole other tree underground. The higher the tree, the deeper the root. The greater the joy, the deeper the root. It's true. When you build a skyscraper, what do you do? You don't start building up. What do you build first? You build down. You've got to get the foundation set. You've got to get underground because when you start climbing, when you start growing, you have to have a source. The tree sends its roots down, hoping, believing that there is water down there for its taproot to hit so that it can begin to grow. If you're going to grow in Jesus and grow spiritually, your taproot in Jesus has to go deep. This is why we have community groups because showing up once on Sunday morning isn't going to cut it. You've got to get involved with other people. Do you know that when geese fly and they fly in that V formation, that that lead goose or whatever, this is always, why is English so weird? The lead goose of the geese, right? He flies and he, he breaks up that wind and makes it easier on the other geese. But all of the flapping together and working together decreases the amount of energy that's needed to fly by 70%. 70, you can decrease the amount of energy needed by 70% when they fly in that formation. One geese flying alone has to work a lot harder than a bunch of geese flying in formation. Why do we have community groups? Because you need to rise to a certain level, and the only way you're going to get to that level spiritually is if you surround yourself with other people that are flapping their wings and working together to decrease the amount of energy it takes to live life for Jesus. You say, oh, it's energy to get up and get, and get there. No, 
No, it's you're expending more energy trying to be a Christian by yourself. Saying, well, I'm not going to go to church today, and then I'll go to, the, you know, I'm not going to get involved with a community group, and I'm not going to get involved with people. You're increasing the amount of energy that it takes for you to try to live out your Christian life. And so I want to encourage you to get in formation, get in group, begin to work with people, begin to work together with people, right? Joy is found in the deep places working together. And so Isaiah says, with joy... You're going to draw water from the wells of salvation. What's a well? All the dads in here. It's a deep subject. Right? I said that the other day to another dad. I said, well, I was talking about something else. I went, well, he goes, that's a deep subject. I'm like, don't dad joke me right now. So I know how the rest of you felt. And so a well is deep, and they dig a well deep, because why? Because down there somewhere is a reservoir. Down there somewhere is an underground river that hasn't dried up for hundreds of years. And they can go down and they can get that water and they can pull it up. If there's not, then it fills up with rain and it holds the water. And you can go down deep and get that water. And when you pull that water up, it's cold. It's refreshing. It's like, yeah, okay, I can, I can do this. I remember a couple of years ago when I was hiking through the Smoky Mountains and, and got to a point just before getting to Rocky Top, that there is a spring that comes right out of the top of the mountain and it flows down and eventually creates this really large creek that flows through the mountain range. And I'm telling you, the water that come out, came out of that thing was the coldest, best-tasting water I've ever had in my life. It was amazing. Why? Because it ran deep. It came out deep and it was fresh. And I'm telling you that if you want joy in your life and you want to be refreshed in your life, then your salvation has to run deep. And it's got to be on your mind and in your mind. Philippians 4.4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Rejoice on, does it say rejoice on? Does it say rejoice with? No, it says rejoice in. It's got to be in you to pull out. Rejoice in the Lord always. Listen, the source of your joy is being in the Lord. The source of joy is being in the Lord. Notice I didn't say the source of happiness. The source of joy. Because you know what? When you dig down into a well and it's deep, the joy is just always there. It's always flowing. It's up to you to get your bucket down there and get some of it. It's what you choose to do. It's what you choose to think about. It's what you choose to focus on. The well runs deep, and the joy is there in the Lord. you got to choose to make the decision to get the joy. Joy is a mindset that is focused on the future and not the past. Right? Paul says rejoice always. Now, who's he writing to? Well, he's writing to Christians that are still living on the planet. So I got news for you. As long as you're alive, you're going to have to focus on the future. You can't, you can't focus on the past. You can't, you can't focus necessarily even on the present. You have to focus on the future. Joy and hope, they work together. If you've ever, if you've ever studied African-American spirituals and, and the songs that came out of slavery... And you read those words and study those words, they are full of joy, they are full of hope, they're inspiring. 
And you're talking about a people that were getting beat, having to work, not getting paid, not free. My friends, that's not happiness, that's joy. Because I'm not happy out here picking cotton and getting beat and in the sun. And they said that in history, that the slave owners, if, if they walked out into the woods, could hear their slaves off in the distance singing these songs of joy and singing these songs of hope. They'd work all day in the field, go eat dinner, and sometime about midnight, they'd go out into the woods and have church service and celebrate and worship. I think if that was any of us, we'd probably be like, I got to get to bed. I got a long day of work tomorrow. I need to rest up. And we'd be thinking about the physical body and the physical world, but they weren't. They had joy. They were thinking about the spiritual world. I got to build my spirit. I got to get excited, right? And so they write songs. They write songs like, uh, go down Moses. Listen to the words of this. Oppressed so hard they could not stand. Let my people go. So the God said, go down Moses. Way down in Egypt land, tell all the pharaohs to let my people go. Michael, row the boat ashore. I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus. Wade in the water. A little more faith in Jesus. These are all African-American spiritual songs written out of slavery for joy. Not in the present moment or even in the past moment. Joy in the future. Someday I'm going to wade across the water. Right now, I've got to have a little more faith in Jesus. I've got to put my faith out there into the future and believe in Jesus. A little more faith in Jesus, right? You've got to look forward. Why? Because present life, I've I got a news for you. The present life is just kind of there. I mean, we have our ups and we have our downs. And we have our ups and our downs. And sometimes we're more down than we are up. And sometimes we're up. And we're up so high that when we fall, it hurts when we go down. And life is up and it's down and it's up and it's down. But joy that runs deep says, no, 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 I'm not, even, I'm not even a part of this planet. Remember, the Bible says that we are aliens and strangers, that we are ambassadors on this earth, that our real home is heaven, and that's where we look because that's where we're going. That's joy. That's saying that no matter what comes against me, no matter what fights me, I've got a well that is so deep that I can reach down and I can draw from it, and I don't care. If my boss cusses me out, I don't care if my tire goes flat on the interstate on the way to work. I don't care what happens because happiness comes from happenings. I don't care about the moment. I'm concerned about the future. And as long as I keep my mind stayed on him, right? Wade in the water, lyrics from Wade in the Water. If I keep my mind stayed on him, I can go through whatever it is that I need to go through because the future is there, not here. Heaven is out there, not here. And so I keep my mind stayed on him. I dig deep into the well of salvation. And I dig out of that with joy and happiness, knowing that no matter what comes my way, no matter what I face, I know God has got a better plan. I remember Lynn and I went to a concert a couple, few years ago, and she doesn't, know, she doesn't know what I'm talking about. So we go to the casino, all right, like before you all start booing me or anything, right? So, and we go to a Chicago concert, and we're at a Chicago concert, and she's laughing. If you can't see her, she's like, oh, my gosh. So we go to the Chicago concert, and we're, like, singing along, and as we look around, we realize, like, we're, like, the youngest people there out of, like, 2,000 people were the youngest ones. Um, it was a weird feeling. 
And uh, everybody, you know, you've got like your drunk people with the beer and all this stuff and doing all this stuff. And we enjoyed it and it was happy in the moment. But here's what she said when we got back in the car. She's like, now what? I'm like, I know. Like, it was happy for the moment, but you walk away feeling like, yeah, that was a good time. Now what? But when we go to a Christian concert and we're jamming, and usually my Christian concerts involve pyros and people dressed in black and tat, tatted up, um, but that's okay um, because it's about hope and it's about joy, and it really is. And so we're like screaming and, and we all go out. And here, let me share with you a concert that I went to one time. We were at Worthen Arena in Ball State, it was packed, it was packed. And the band plays, and they're jamming out. Concert's over. Everybody walks out of that concert still singing the exact same song. All the way to their cars. You can hear, like, I don't know how many people Worthen Arena holds, like 12,000. You hear 12,000 people singing their, this song all the way back to their cars, rejoicing and praising God from the, after that concert is over. Still worshiping, going to their cars. And you know how concerts are when you get out, you're like, Dear Lord, I hope there's not a fire because I'm going to get trampled. You know, like all this stuff that goes through your head at a concert. Why? Because there's hope. There's future. There's joy in that. Nothing the world offers in any concert or any arena or any bar offers a future hope. And so now what I have to do if I don't know Jesus, I have to go, you remember that one night a few years ago? Man, that was a great night. And I'm constantly looking backwards. But the joy of the Lord constantly looks forward. Man, do you remember that night, man, we all walked out, we were praising God. I can't wait till we get together and start praising God again. You constantly look forward as a Christian. Not a Christian, you have to keep looking back. You have to keep creating fun times as basically a band-aid for the real issue to cover up the real issue that's going on in our hearts. You have to keep creating happy times. You have to keep creating happiness to cover up for the fact that you don't really have joy. All right, that was a mouthful. Happiness looks at right now or backwards. Joy looks forwards. Let me tell you something. You cannot, you cannot be a joyful Christian with your head in the sand. I know too many Christians, oh, man, the world's coming to an end. It's just all over. We're going to hell in a handbasket. And, and I'm like, where's the joy? Like, where's Jesus in that? I don't see Jesus in any of that. I see Jesus loving on people, knowing that there's a hope and there's a future, and looking forward say, hey, come on, I want you to come with me. I want you to move forward with me. I want you to be with me on this journey to heaven. Do you know what the enemy of joy is? You know, you know what fights joy and joy fights back? The enemy of joy is anxiety. The enemy of joy is anxiety because anxiety worries and frets and fears about the future. It can't, it has nothing to look forward to. And so you get anxious. What if they say this? What if this situation turns out this way or maybe this way or maybe this way or maybe this way? And you have a hundred ways the situation may come out. And then when you get through the situation, like it didn't come out like any of those scenarios that I played in my mind. You know why? You didn't give the situation over to God and say, God, I'm going to find joy in this. I don't know what I'm going to go through. 
I don't care what I face, but I'm, there's joy in here. Why? Because I brought joy with me. Because my well of salvation goes deep. And no matter what I face, I know he's working all things out for good that love God and that are called according to his purpose. So no matter what I face or what I go through, my well of salvation runs deep. And if it gets ugly, I'm going to say, God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for caring, me, caring for me. Thank you that this is not my home, that we're moving forward and moving on. That I, that I know that no matter what I deal with right now, it's only going to make me a better person for you because in the end, it's not about me. It's about you getting the glory and me giving you the glory. Have you ever listened to people that have gone through a very difficult time? Maybe they lost a limb or they've become paralyzed. And they say, you know what? In all of this, Joni Erickson Tata, I think that's her last name, is a prime example. Paralyzed from diving into a pool that was too shallow, I think and has lived her life paralyzed for decades. And yet she travels the world telling people about Jesus because she says, it's not about my body, it's not about me, it's about him getting the glory. And if I live the rest of my life completely paralyzed, as long as he gets the glory, it doesn't matter what happens to me. There's joy right there. That's joy. That's joy saying, come on, it's okay. It's gonna be, it's gonna be all right, right? But a- anxiety fights that. Anxiety causes you to lose sleep. Anxiety causes you to fret and to worry and to fear. And so if you struggle with anxiety, I'm here to tell you this morning, you need to start studying joy. Don't study anxiety. Study the antithesis of that. Study joy. Study what God has to say about joy and how to grow in your joy. It'll take care of the anxiety. Listen, you can purchase sleep in a pill, but you cannot purchase rest. You can purchase sleep in a pill. You cannot purchase rest. Just because you take a sleeping pill to sleep doesn't mean you're rested. It just means you went to sleep. Joy brings rest with it. Because, okay, I don't know where my next job's coming from, but I'm going to sleep good tonight, and I'm not going to worry about it. Because the Bible says that God, that God, David says that God's children, he's never seen them begging for bread or in need because God always provides. And so even though I don't know where my next job's coming from, God's going to provide somehow. And the next day somebody goes, hey, I've got all these clothes and I don't know what to do with them. And you're like, oh my gosh, my son's the same size. God, thank you for providing a bag of clothes for my son. It's happened to us. Like in the process of, is that, that kind of stuff has happened to us so many times of like, I want to step out and start this church. Well, we need clothes for next school year because he's going into kindergarten. I don't, I don't know where to close it. Yeah, I just felt like I was supposed to bring you these bag of clothes. You're joking. Like, right? And like you shut the door and like you do the happy dance, whatever your happy dance looks like. Mine's really ugly, so I won't do it. Right? Because God knows. God provides. God provides. And so you just have joy. In Philippians 4, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Let me say this right now. If you're a Christian and you're walking in the peace of God and you have joy in your heart, people will look at you and they will not understand how you can have joy and peace in your situation. It transcends logical understanding. It transcends understanding. 
It will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Joy is greater than anxiety. You just got to dig your root deep enough so that when it taps into that joy of salvation, as you study joy and you learn about who you are in Christ and you know that no weapon formed against you can stand and you learn that you're the head and not the tail, that you learn that you're more than a conqueror, you learn that God loves you no matter what. When you learn that, when you learn Thursday night, as I, I led someone to Jesus over barbecue, like, is there any better place to lead somebody to Jesus than over barbecued ribs? I don't think so, right? If you come up with a better one, let me know, and you're going to have a tough time doing it. And as I, as I led him to Christ, he goes, you know, I, I've just never felt like, like I'm worth it. Like, I've got to do this, and I've got to do that, and I've got to do this, right? And, and I said, time out. And I asked him this question, because he, he had a newer car. I said, when you bought that car, I said, you don't have to give me, I said, don't give me figures or numbers. I don't want to know that. I said, but when you bought that car, was it worth what you paid for it? He goes, not really, but I guess that because I paid the dealer that money, I did say it was worth that amount. I said, every time you make a purchase, you tell the company that it's worth that amount to you. That's why they have to have sales, because they know that the consumer, it's not worth that to the consumer. Okay, there's your economics lesson. So... I said, we need to stop this whole talk of I'm not worthy. That's bull. You are worthy. Jesus thought you were worthy, so he paid the price. You're worth it, or he wouldn't have done it. He wouldn't have spent his life to purchase your soul if he didn't think you were worth it. Let's rephrase it. Do I deserve it? Nope. I don't deserve it. I do not deserve it one iota, one little dot. I cannot earn it. I don't deserve it. But for some reason, he thought I was worth it, so he paid the price. You are worth it. So don't, don't come to me and say, I just, I'm just not worthy because I'm going to stop you. I'm going to be like, no, <laughs> you are worthy. You are worth it or he wouldn't have done it. You don't deserve it, right? So we have to understand that, that we are worth it. Let that bring you joy in your situation. And if you boil anxiety down, when it comes to steal your joy, when you boil anxiety down, you know what it is? At the base core level of anxiety, it's fear. Anxiety is just nothing but fear on steroids. And 365 times in the Bible, it says, do not fear. One for every day of the year. Do not fear, do not fear. In fact, Jesus said, do not fear. He said that statement more than any other statement. Why? I'll give you one reason why. We're fearful people. Well, I'm afraid if I say something, they might not like me anymore. I'm afraid if I do this, then it might turn out bad. I'm afraid if, I'm afraid if, I'm afraid if. What do you, if he can take any situation and turn it around for your good, what do you have to be afraid of? Talk to them about Jesus. Invite them to church. Tell them that you love them. They're worth it. You're worth it. Listen to Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. 
The writer of Philippians says, you've got to keep your mind on this stuff. You've got to keep your mind on it. You've got to train your mind to think like this, right? Like our natural mind is to, is to go, I don't know. I'm worried. I'm anxious. And you've got to pick that train up and set that train back on the other track and go, whatever is true, whatever is worthy, whatever is admirable, but I don't think I can do it. Oops, back on the track. He is for me, not against me. Anything that comes across my life, he is with me in it. And you got to get your brain on the joy train and keep that thing chugging until you pick up enough steam you can get over the next hill. you got to get your brain on the joy train because if not, you'll keep changing tracks. You're, Satan will always hit your mind. Do you know that before you came in here today, every single seat was prayed over? That myself and the band and the guys in the back running the sound, we walk up and down and touch every single chair and pray for every single person that is in here sitting in that chair. And today we prayed specifically that the enemy, when he comes in, that you would shut him out so that you could receive the joy of your salvation and be excited about what God is going to do in your life. One of my friends said this, and he's not here today. So if you see Brian Folkrod, tell him, man, that was awesome last Sunday. And he'll be like, huh? Right? But here's what he says. He says, when I get mad in a situation, I rob God of his glory over the situation. When I get mad at a situation, I rob God of his glory over that situation. That's pretty deep. And so what I want to encourage you this morning is this. Don't get mad. Don't get frustrated. Don't allow fear and anxiety to come in. But you get chugging in your mind, one thought after another. Man, God is for me. God is with me. Greater is he who is in me than he is in the world. Draw deep in, the well of sal- in that well of salvation. Draw with joy. Go deep and say, man, I'm, I've got this. I'm worth it. The Lord thought I was worth it. I want to close this morning with just a little object lesson. So pretend like we're back with River Kids. Okay? So if some of you want to, you know, stick your thumb in your mouth or... Just don't pick your nose, okay? But I thought, how do I, how do I show this in such a way that it becomes real to you? Because they say that 75% of you will forget what I said by tomorrow morning. That's, that's, that's the statistic. 75% of you will completely forget what I talked about this morning. So I'm here to cheer on the other 25, and if we can even just bump that up to 30%, yes. Okay? Here's what happens. This is us. And life comes along. And life happens, doesn't it? We lose a loved one. We get angry, fear, depression, doubt, bankruptcy. Lose a friend. Social media happens. That's all of that. And things just continue to happen. They continue to pile up in us. And they keep taking space in our mind, in our hearts, And everything that happens, man, I went to go and my coupon had expired and now I'm just angry because I really wanted that chicken for that price and it's just not there. I know that because that happened yesterday. I got up this morning thinking about my message and the toilet was clogged and I had to get the plunger. True story. This is what happens when you have boys in the house. So, but, who said amen to that? All right. So, we have all of this stuff in us, right? But the, the Bible says in Isaiah that we're to dig deep into the well. And when we allow God 
to pour into us, then it doesn't matter what we face because the Holy Spirit is going to eat away everything that was in us, taking up space. And so it doesn't matter what happens if we allow what the Bible says, the water or the washing of the Word of God in Ephesians to fill us and to wash over us. So that now that you've accepted Christ and He's washed all that away, when life begins to happen, it doesn't matter because you can dig deep into the well of salvation with joy, knowing that no matter what happens, no matter what comes your way, that the Holy Spirit inside of you is greater than anything that's going to come across your mind or across your brain, and He is going to take care of every single situation. There is joy in the Lord if you choose to dig deep. Let's stand up this morning. I want to invite you this morning, if you're here, I'm going to ask Lynn and Amy to come down on this side, and if I can get Aaron and Lori to come down on this side. If you're here this morning, and maybe you don't have the Holy Spirit living in you, the Bible says that if we come to Christ and we ask for the forgiveness of our sins, saying, God, I've tried to do life my way, and I want to I want to tell you I'm sorry, forgive me. I want to live for you, and I want to get on this thing, that this crazy thing this pastor said, get my brain on the joy train, and I want to follow you so that when life hits, I know the Holy Spirit in me will just consume it if I allow it. If that's you and you want to accept Jesus, I want to invite you to come down to the front. They want to pray with you. Also, if you're here this morning and maybe you don't want to be in front of people, you can just grab a blue card at the Connect table mark that you want to accept Jesus and I'll personally follow up with you this week, we'll talk about that if you're here this morning as we close out in song you need a prayer for anything else they want to pray with you, we want to encourage you this morning